American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. So I said something about big factories, and I mean these factories are really big. They're getting larger and larger. In the pre-war era, there were virtually no factories that had more than a thousand employees. A few of them in the Lowell Mills uh, textile sector, but those were exceptions in the wider industrial economy of the United States. What you see after the Civil War is a movement towards bigger and bigger factories, larger and larger scale units of production and things like iron. And in fact, you have qualitative changes in the kinds of products that are produced in these big factories. So you have a shift not just from small iron foundries to big iron foundries, but from small iron foundries to big steel mills as you have a shift from iron to steel. You also have uh, all kinds of additional products that are also entering these processes of, of factory production. For instance, uh, you have petroleum refineries. Petroleum is not an industrial product before the Civil War. In fact, uh, it's first discovered in the U.S. in the late 1850s. You have large-scale chemical uh, factories created. You have the electrification of cities and of production processes, which leads to new kinds of factories to produce the uh, kinds of equipment that is needed to electrify the cities. So you have tremendous shifts in the scale and the nature of industrial production. And all of that requires not just new machines and new processes, new technologies, but new workers as well. There's a major movement from the farms to the cities, and that of course has been going on. That's part of the story of the first industrial revolution as well. But in addition, in the U.S. you have a tremendous uh, upsurge in international immigration in the era after the Civil War. Something like 25 million people come from Europe in particular, uh, and a few million from other parts of the world, but especially from Europe, in the era between 1865 and the First World War. And increasingly, they don't come from Western Europe, which was the main source of pre-Civil War immigration. Increasingly, they're coming from Southern Europe, they're coming from Eastern Europe. You have new people speaking new languages, uh, living their lives in different ways, different cultures, different religions, and this is going to create new conflicts and new alliances in the post-Civil War United States. Now, I said something a few minutes ago about the way that large-scale producers who can operate in many markets at once and get all kinds of efficiencies of production, taking advantage of large-scale transportation networks and so on, the way in which they actually benefited while small-scale producers like farmers did not benefit. Now, this is a very significant fact that is going to transform the corporate la landscape, if you will, of the late 19th century United States. You see the rise of these large-scale corporations because they are able to prosper in the new environment. And the most successful ones, like for instance Standard Oil, run by John Rockefeller, the most successful ones are able to gradually undercut competitors in many, many markets. And eventually, in many cases, they start to push those competitors out of business or even take them over. Now this can happen uh, with competitors in the same business, the same area, uh, of, of business, like for instance, uh, the retail sales operation that uh, Rockefeller Standard Oil carries on in a lot of markets as they sell kerosene to people who need it to, uh, uh, to light their houses and things like that. But uh, these kinds of new 
um, takeover operations, if you will, don't just happen when a Rockefeller's Standard Oil buys out somebody else who's competing to sell, uh, to sell um, kerosene to individual consumers. It also happens when Standard Oil buys not only retail operations, but refining operations. And not only refining operations, but the sites of primary production, like the oil wells of competitors. So you can have horizontal integration and vertical integration. And as particular corporations in particular industries, like Standard Oil, but also like U.S. Steel or the American Tobacco Company, as these companies get more and more successful at taking over both the horizontal and vertical aspects of integration, they essentially become monopolies that dominate particular fields. They can set their own prices, they can force people out of business, and that, by the 1890s, is going to start to worry a lot of Americans who see economic life in their uh, society being increasingly controlled by just a few dominant players. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University. Thank you.